Well, welcome back to Walk It Out with Leah McRae, where we are walking through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Uh, today we are in, oh, as we are transforming our bodies, as we transform our mind. Sorry, I forgot to say that. We are transforming our bodies, yes, through nutrition, exercise, um, just uh being conscious of what we're doing and why we're doing the things that we do uh, to our bodies, um, being conscious of what we're eating, uh, just really trying to um, care for this body, for this temple of God, because we need it to be healthy and strong for what God calls us to do. Amen. And we are also transforming our mind through the word of God as we study uh, his word through uh, Genesis to Revelations. And um, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to give us um, greater understanding, prophetic understanding, and um, just to be led during this time together. So uh, I'm going to give you just a few minutes to get on your treadmills, get on your bike, whatever it is that you um, are doing today. The other day uh, I had weights. I was doing a... Um, a weight session and, and stretching during this time. So whatever it is, just uh, dedicate this time to doing something physical as well as transforming our mind, going over the Word of God. All right, so we're just going to open in prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time together in your Word. Um, we ask for forgiveness of all sin, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that you would open up our hearts and our mind to what you are speaking. We invite Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come in and have your way as we read your precious word. And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you. We thank you for the blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're at uh, chapter 29 of Genesis. And I begin with verse 1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Then Jacob hurried out, hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, Where are you from, my friends? We are from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked. Yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the flock now. Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and the goats so they can get back out to pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well, and we water all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. 
Then Jacob kissed Rachel and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebecca. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jacob had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, You really are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over, then we'll give you Rachel too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Joseph slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. Hmm. So here we have Jacob being deceived. He's getting some of what he gave out. He He's reaping what he'd sown. He has been deceived by his uncle. Uh, he loved Rachel and he worked seven years, uh, seven being the number of completion. So he worked seven years to be able to marry her. And, and the word that we just read said that he loved her so much, those seven years seemed like they were a day. But um, he, at the end of those seven years, uh, he didn't get Rachel, but he received Leah. And how that was done was through sheer uh, uh, deceit and manipulation. So I wonder if he thought about what he had done. Hmm. But anyway, he says that he had to work just another 
well, he had to wait another week, but if he would agree to work for seven more years, uh, that then he would have Leah also. So he agreed to do that. And um, that's how we get to where he worked 14 years uh, for Laban uh, to marry his daughter. Okay, so let's go back. Verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children. But Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has noticed my misery and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son, and she named him Simeon. For she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. But let's go back a second to verse 31. Um, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So God is watching, and he is um, interested in Leah and her feelings because she didn't do anything wrong you know she's uh, a by uh, a byproduct of the situation uh, you know she was given to a man who didn't want her but it had nothing to do with her you know it wasn't her choice it wasn't her decision but yet she's um, being hurt and being treated unfairly um so the lord blesses her he opens up her room okay so go back to verse 32 uh, so leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son and she named him reuben for she said the lord has noticed my misery and now my husband will love me she soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son she named him simeon for she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. See, all this time her focus is on her husband loving her. Just wanting to be loved by Jacob the same way that Rachel is loved by Jacob. And this is her whole focus. Okay, so God gave her another son. That's two. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. His name was Levi. For she said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. So she still is seeking the love of her husband and she's given him three sons already. So we know that it's been at least three years uh, since she um, has has been attached to her husband and loved by him um, but once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son this is the fourth son and she named him Judah for she said now I will praise the Lord and then she stopped having children isn't that interesting so after three times of having children um, with the intent that these children would cause her husband to love her and have affection for her. That was her whole goal, her whole purpose behind that. But then by the time the fourth son comes, she, uh, she names him Judah, which is praise. So now her focus is not so much on her husband, but on God.
that she is praising him for what he is in her life and what he's done or who he is in her life and what he's done. So her focus of shift now is not just on trying to receive something from her husband, but understanding that she has love and is loved by Almighty God. And she praises him and worships him in that discovery. And then at that point, her heart is no longer uh, chasing after the love from her husband. You know, she's now complete knowing that God loves her. And that's uh, the end of that chapter. And I think that's a good place for us to, you know, stop and camp on and just tuck that in our heart uh, that our affections, our uh, utmost desire should be toward God to um, to praise him and to worship him and to desire a relationship with him because if we have our happiness dependent on another person or the love or affection from another person or even in in things uh, you know in material things we're never going to be fulfilled she was not fulfilled she kept having children or she kept desiring to have children because she wanted to be loved by her husband. That was the fulfillment that she was looking for. And so she continued to have children. But then when her focus changed and her attention was on God and, and she became fulfilled in that relationship and knowing that he loved her, that God loved her. That was when she stopped having children in that season because she no longer uh, needed to, the fulfillment of her husband or the love of her husband to feel whole and complete. She now got that from the Lord. And that's why she named her son Judah because she now understood how to praise and how to worship God and why to praise and worship him. And that she was complete in him. That's all she needed. And that's a really uh, good lesson for us. You know, that we can chase a lot of things. And we can feel like we um, will not be happy until we have A, B, or C. But happiness will never be found in A, B, or C. It's only found in God and in our relationship with him and in uh, knowing who he is and who we are. That's when we're completed. That's when we can uh, find joy, real joy, real peace. It's not in things and it's not in other people. And you can go through life constantly chasing uh, a feeling and never get it because you're chasing the wrong thing. And so um, I think that's a good point to consider and to remember in our lives that 
True fulfillment is in God and in God alone. Uh, we love our husbands. We love our our wives. We uh, have joy and find happiness in our homes, in our cars, in our things, in our job. Yeah, that's fine. That's all good. Uh, you know, God wants us to enjoy the things in this world. They were created for us to enjoy his people. But to have true happiness and true fulfillment, it's impossible if it's outside of God. It's only found in him. So I think that's a good place to stop and um, just think on that. Whenever we feel, uh, you know, that we need just that one more thing, just that one extra thing, you know, to complete us, or uh, we have arrived at that point, you know, no, we have to remind ourselves that we are sons and daughters of the most high God. Uh, that we are a chosen gener a generation, a peculiar people set apart, loved by Almighty God. And in our relationship with Him, that's where we have true fulfillment. And that's where true happiness comes from. So God bless you. Hope you had a good workout. I simply did some stretching today and... Uh, uh, some yoga or yoga light as I call it because I'm not quite at the yoga uh, intermediate stage or even really beginning I think I'm just at the like I said the yoga light because um, you know there are some stretches and poses man that I have a hard time doing so uh, that's what I'm doing today and um, whatever it is that you're doing today uh, to get your body together and to uh, transform the body as we're transforming our mind, just God bless you. Um, know that diligence and um, consistency, that it pays off. It pays off. Okay, so we just got to keep at it. Um, we got to stay in the word and we, got, and we must uh, stay active and um treating our body with care. Amen. Uh, so God bless you. And until the next episode of Walk It Out with Leah McRae, have a wonderful, wonderful, blessed day, morning, evening, or whatever it is for you. God bless you.